This is the podcast that you're looking for, and you will listen to the entire thing. The Last Jedi and more on this episode of Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know It All. What is up, my nerds? Welcome inside Pop Culture with Fanboy and Know It All. <laughs> and Know It All 2.0. And Know It All 2.0. Welcome in the squared, our crazy heads. I'm Jake. I'm Paul. And we've I'm got Adam. a guest today, Adam yes, Holtz. Yes, Adam Holtz, our, uh, our cohort over at Plugged In. going to nerd it one up. One of the best movie reviewers out there. Even if my opinions are sometimes wrong. He's definitely in the top three And they three definitely are today. In. And they definitely are today. Well, definitely that'll be fun today. to talk about. They are today because uh, The Last Jedi. We're going deep dive. We're going full spoilers because this movie has been out for several weeks. If you haven't seen it. Too bad. And you care about spoilers, you can turn us off. But yeah. I think well, at this point, everybody in the known universe yeah. well, who would I, be listening to this podcast has heard has watched Star Wars: The Last Jedi. And truthfully, I mean, I kind of know how this conversation is going to go, and there's no way we can stay away from spoilers. I mean, even if we tried, we would jump right into spoiler territory in about the first three and a half minutes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So we're not even going to try. We're not even going to try. Not trying. All right. So, without further ado. Do or do not. <laughs> there is no, no try. try. Ooh. Jinx, buy me a Coke. <laughs> so without further ado, let's dive into The Last Jedi. All right, guys. The Last Jedi. I bet there's going to be another one. <laughs> Just saying. It's, it could be a misnomer. Perhaps but the penultimate Jedi was a lousy title because everybody <laughs> thinks penultimate, penultimate and last mean the same thing. Mean the same thing, don't. right? Yeah. It's like, no, no, it's the next to last. The, the next to last Jedi. Exactly. That also wouldn't work exactly. as a title. Yeah. Although like, it might have been more the second accurate. to last Jedi, maybe. Yeah, but just yeah, like but that, we're off in the desert of Tatooine. Are they, I know, I know, we got geeky in so uh, many. But different are they going right to are they going to kill off the Jedi? I, for one, hope they do. You, for one, hope they well, do. They got, that was a good start this last time, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, so here's the thing: I I hope they do, and, and we'll we'll dive in. But I hope that they kill off the Jedi because I have this kind of I have this twisted fatalistic approach and enjoyment of movies when they just kill people off. Like I, I really, bet you really love Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino, yeah. I have a, I have a very. I don't like Tarantino Titanic? movies. Titanic probably I didn't was deeply like, satisfying for you. I didn't like <laughs> The Departed, but I liked how The Departed ended. Oh, don't tell me! I haven't seen it. <laughs> the hint's right there in the title, bro. Just saying. <laughs> spoiler warning. Like, I, spoiler Scorsese. alert. Spoiler my, alert. my wife and I, when we were dating, we walked out of The Departed that we had gone to with some friends. But I tried to rewatch it later. Still didn't like it until I got to the end. And I was like, all right, this is a pretty great this movie. This is all right. Everybody <laughs> dies. Everybody dies. Hamlet is your type of thing. Hamlet is my jam. Romeo and Juliet, perfect ending. Probably like perfect. Rogue One, too. Bringing it Rogue back one. around. Rogue One is, honestly, Rogue One is up there still, probably as 
uh, out of the non-original trilogy, is Rogue One is my favorite. So how often do you see, go see your I would say it's counselor? number two for me after Star Wars. After Really? You're kidding me. I loved Rogue One. But Rogue let's One. talk about the movie at hand, <laughs> yeah. where love is not a verb that comes into play so much for me. Well, all right. That's another let's, spoiler let's start warning. That was with that. Nice. Let's that was start nice. with that. Why does love... Okay, have so nothing to do with it. We should just put our cards on the What's table. What's love not got to do with it? <laughs> What's love yeah, not got to do with it? Let's just put our cards on the table. Let's let's figure out. Give a numerical rating for what you thought of the Last Jedi. Oh. Jake, uh, what's our uh, what's our scale? All right, on a scale of one to ten, of one to ten, ten you being could, really you could good. Use halves. You could even use quarters if halves. you wanted. Yeah. Um, you can but, go into negatives. All right, I I would say I'd give it a six out of ten. A six out of ten. Now, what yeah. would you give the original? Movies. Uh, New Hope. I think I'd give a seven. Empire. I would give an eight. Return of the Jedi. My personal favorite of the original trilogy. I'd give a nine. Wow. <laughs> okay. And you? I'm gonna give Last Jedi a four, but only because I have to leave space for the prequels underneath. But yeah. only just. So I'd probably give Star Wars a ten. Jedi a nine. Empire 7. I'm not as enamored of Empire as all of the people who as say many it's people the most in the perfect universe, Star Wars yeah. movie. And I'd give Rogue One probably a 9. Yeah, Rogue One, I would... I would. Let's see. Yeah, I would give it an 8 for me. <laughs> and the sequels will start at Force 3 Awakens, and work backwards Force Awakens for me is probably... Probably right around where The Last Jedi is at a 6. Yeah, I'd yeah. put Force Awakens about a... I might use a half, seven and a half. Yeah. See, I'd, I'd do Force Awakens would be about a six for me. Last Jedi, eight. I think I think it's a solid eight. What, the, my favorite would be A New Hope. That would be well, yeah. A solid I mean, you eight. can't. It's Star Wars. It's not a perfect movie, but not, I love. It's not a movie. New Hope, by the way. It's, Star it's a Wars. solid ten, but it's not a perfect movie. Got well, it. but see, here's no, the thing. Is I mean, perfect. when nothing you look perfect. at it, no, is Star Wars is perfect. <laughs> no, no, no. George Lucas screwed it up when he reshot <laughs> when, it. <laughs> when you look at it, like from a from a reviewer's point of view, I mean, you look at, at at Star Wars: A New Hope, and you think, man, there are some problems with this movie. But I saw it when I was seven. Right. And then it was perfect. But the there problems like a beautiful you. girl who's got too many freckles, you know? You don't really notice them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's, it's going to be okay. It gives her character. <laughs> like Kelly McGillis's nose? Was that the one who had the weird nose? Oh, Kelly McGillis. i got to pull that file out of <laughs> Oh, my goodness. My We're getting off track. storage. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Okay. All right. What so, just Kelly McGillis's nose just snuck I, in here for real? <laughs> I can't remember if it was Kelly McGillis or if it was somebody else. But there all was right. all right, one all right, of those right. 80s eight girls. So right. we've got we've got you didn't like it. Adam I gave really it a four. It, Paul gave it an were, eight. I you were right in the middle. So we're, we're, we're across kind of a spectrum here. Okay. Like Which that. is interesting. Because it seems like most of the reactions I've seen online on social media, yeah. I know social media is a very nuanced place, but it seems like everybody has <laughs> yeah, a great deal of exclamation marks and yeah, symbols so that I don't understand. Right. Uh, it seems like everybody online who's seen this movie either gives it a two or below or an eight and above. Right. Yeah. Like, it's it's they loved it. Polarizing it's movie. crazy. Yeah. And, and even, this is so interesting, I've got Rotten Tomatoes pulled up on my smartphone and... The audience score is 54%, and the critic score is 92%. Yeah. And often there's a disparity, and I read an article on this, so this is not my original idea, full disclosure. It was this never... a Wilkinson's article? No. In box? No. Uh, maybe, I can't remember. It never goes this way. 
I mean, right. you might see right. 54% for, I don't know, Justice League and 92% of fans. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, but no, no. But no. to, to have like critics something. love it yeah. and fans, you know, and, and this is now like the the subject of an investigation with Disney saying somebody hacked Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> to lower the score. Well, and, and they are but saying... But it's like, come on, get online and start reading the hate, and yeah. the 54% feels like... Well, that, it you feels know that exactly there's, right. We yeah. do know from, from people who go online, typically they're going to respond more more readily if they dislike something than if they like something. So it's I true. think yeah. that the numbers might be skewed a little, but the, the disparity is very real. Yeah. I mean, we've... I mean, before this podcast, we've talked about this movie every single day since both of us have seen it. And right, you're Adam? still wrong. <laughs> no, you're not wrong, Paul. You just have an well, opinion that's wrong. You, you yourself are not I'm wrong not at wrong. all. No, it's, <laughs> it's I your just, ideas. I find it really fascinating because yeah. I walked out of the movie. I, I reviewed the movie for Plugged In, written some stuff on it. I enjoyed the movie. For me, the movie gave me a feeling um, at times like I felt when I saw the original. And yeah. that was a very rare thing for me as a and jaded old movie reviewer. That was that was an incredibly rare experience for me. And as another jaded old movie reviewer, I remember thinking about halfway through the hairs on the back of my neck haven't stood up a single time. And, and you love these movies. And I don't think they're going to stand up. Like I started yeah. to have this feeling of panic of I don't think this thing's going to turn the corner. Yeah. I don't think it's and it didn't like the high point for me was the Lucasfilm thing at the beginning and the music and the credits. Yeah. You know, and I wonder what Oh, and the hyperspace thing. Do you love the hyperspace? Oh, cool. for sure. I mean, Never mind that people are asking legit questions on mm, couldn't we've done this previously in Star Wars? The answer of course being yes. Yeah. Except if you want to really go off the deep end into gravity wells and the capital ships that have gravity. You guys know what a gravity well is? I don't. A gravity well is something on an interditer ship, which is a star destroyer that comes into an area and has a gravity well that prevents any ships from making the jump to hyperspace. Mm. So, I mean, see, and you I got my, my geek bona fides yeah, here. You would think Snoke would bona have had fides. one of those, right? As big as his <laughs> ship is. You'd Large. think Snoke would have had Let's one of talk those. about the other deficiencies <laughs> with Snoke's ship. Here is my primary plot beef okay. with the whole movie. Uh, it's a, I've got five or six. This is by far the biggest. For real, a Star Wars movie based on a Star Destroyer the size of a planet chasing a really little ship for the whole movie. Give me a break. <laughs> this is no. the stupidest... I'm going to say it. This is the stupidest plot device maybe in any Star Wars movie ever. Which is and that includes, something. you know, a little boy named Annie running around with stuff. Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I have to say that, that that did not work for me. That whole that whole sequence of where they're chasing the ship. I don't have the technical problems that you do with it. I don't have a problem thinking that there's a rebel ship that can outrun this big old Star Destroyer. But, but, but it's for not me, really it's outrunning slogan. it. It's sort of like well, one, one turtle and another turtle, and one turtle is ever so slightly... F- this is not good drama no, for it, Star Wars. No, and it was, yeah. it was just a weird point in the movie, I think, where it really... It, it goes down one direction, and then there's a little faint toward another direction, and then it goes back to the other direction. And it just, in terms of a storytelling device, I, I totally work. It just didn't, it didn't fly for me. No, right, it didn't fly. Well, for it's me this either. massive battleship, right? And we we open the movie with 
Poe Dameron taking on a Dreadnought, which is not even as big. That's me making massive battle noise, <laughs> even though there's no sound in space, which is another issue we won't get into. <laughs> there's also no oxygen, so no explosions. Right, exactly. You know, and no things. ability to float freely without being harmed. Oh, snap, Princess And then, Leia. like, force pull yourself through <laughs> See, the icy and that's blackness the thing. of space. Here's the that thing. was dumb. Like okay, Mary no, Poppins. No, no, no. I, I expected let's it to be this yeah. General Leia to pop a little let's, hat and a Let's you know, reel this back. Wow. It was let's like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be Mary Poppins, just no, say it, Yeah, right? I'm going to spend the rest of my day making that meme. I'm going to go find that image of Leia. No, I'm going to turn her blue, give her an umbrella, and a handbag. Send it to me. Yeah, no, put that, it on my screensaver. That's pretty funny. But, I mean, when you look at the movie, that was not one of my favorite parts of the movie either. But when you look at the Star starting Wars starting to be universe, a list, isn't it? <laughs> no, no. This, <laughs> Princess Leia's scene, when you look at this, the weirdness of the Star Wars universe and the whole improbability of the physics of the whole place. I didn't think Princess Leia's was just totally out there. Dude, I mean, if you can float, nobody if floats you can free float, in space, like unconscious and holding their force breath or whatever. No. Oh, snap, I'm in space. Let me swim back to the okay, ship. I'm heating myself up supernaturally <laughs> via the midichlorium. I mean, you can... Like, Captain we don't Marvel know what the Force up. can do. The Force can do lots of things that we've never seen. If it can, if it can allow Yoda just for a little simple test, you know, to show Luke Skywalker what the Force can do, lift up the little X-wing. It is not the same. It is too well. This Force is a very powerful entity. It is, and this I think the so all weird of a thing she's is the most powerful Jedi in the universe. Like my suspension of disbelief failed in weird places here. Like in Force Awakens. I didn't really overthink the fact that Han Solo's flying into the Death Star at light speed, you know, where we're talking, what, 186,000 miles per second, minute? Per, I don't know. Per hour. Only, no, it's per hour. Is it, oh, like, so if hour? you're... So if you're... It can't no, be... No, per, no, it's it's per it has second. to be faster it's per, per hour. Anyway, we're getting... Yeah. We're, this is a geek F That's perfect. Right That's perfect. Right. You know, if he misses that switch by a tenth of a second, boom. <laughs> Which fast actually would have blown it up faster. Now we know that yeah. now, but no problem with that. But I yeah. don't know. Princess well, Leia, General Leia, floating in space, Mike. Well, and I think part what? of it. I mean, it seriously. No, I I totally get that. that. It didn't push me away like it did you. It definitely didn't exactly. And her work. pushed her away. Yeah. I wonder if part of it was because we knew that the, you know, Carrie Fisher was dead, and so we were kind of expecting that to be like her last moment. Yeah. And that would have been a better last moment. Just let her it go. I, you know, yeah. if we're going to let go of the past, blow her out to space and let's keep moving. I, I thought for sure that's no, what was really. going to happen. Really she that. survives a direct missile no, blast. There's the whole the, missile blast issue. Oh, too. And she's not even people. scratched. She's not even scratched as she's Mary Poppins in her way back to the, no, to the cruiser. Here's the thing. She when does end up in like ICU, though. Yeah, but that's looking, because she was frozen. When you're looking she at these movies, you have to sort of... And, and you, I know that you know how to do this. I know that you're not arguing with this. But, but when you're... When you're talking about these Star Wars movies, you really have to let go of any sense of normalcy at all. And, and I guess it, some of these plot things to me were so ridiculous that they they well, exceeded my ability to let it go. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the I think the the balancing act there is that 
we all know we're suspending our disbelief, you know, right. to, to enter into the Star Wars universe. But there's this subconscious expectation and there's a subconscious set of rules within that universe. Yes. We know we're breaking our own version of reality and lights. Like Star how Wars is not true. Is yeah, that what Star you're Wars saying? isn't real, real, guys. All right. I'm sorry to bring oh, it to you. This, this wasn't in a galaxy far, far away. It <laughs> didn't exist. All right. It wasn't a long, long time ago. It didn't happen. All right. It was only 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which in geological time is but a blink. Exactly. But we expect these things to kind of operate by like unspoken rules that they set up in their universes. Right. And, and I think there's things like that that didn't feel authentic. When we see people get hit by blasts from you know missiles and their ships blow up, they die. You know, when we see people get sucked out into space, they, they die. die. And so then when we what see this saying. happen, it's kind of like, okay, that seems to be violating your own universe. Like, And then, yeah, but and see, then in this universe where the First Order is all powerful, they have these dreadnoughts, they have weapons, they have cannons that can destroy entire star bases, that Snoke ship wouldn't have such a cannon that could take, you know, an instant one-hit kill on this little cruiser right. makes no sense. No, and he's a supreme leader as the, of the other first ships order. are fleeing that they couldn't fire 10 shots at once and just do them all. Right. That right? it's like one shot at a time. That's actually something that I've had a disbelief problem with for the entire Star Wars series, by the way. Yeah. You know, the Millennium Falcon leaves the Death Star and four tie fighters go after it. Right. Well, that was, you know, yeah, see, and, and what you're saying escape, here, right? in some ways, I don't think that this is violating the Star Wars universe because we've seen that it's very malleable and it all depends on what the, the writers and the directors want to do at that moment. And when you're talking about the Force, I mean, this is really geeky. And the, and the, and the thing is, if it didn't work for you, it just didn't work. It but didn't work for I don't think it violated any rules for Leia to be floating out in space and coming back to the ship. I really don't because, I mean, you're talking about the Force, which we don't know that much about. We know that it's this whole energy that is super powerful and wraps up the whole universe. We know that Leia, because of her lineage and because of all this sort of stuff, she is one of the most super powerfulest people in the entire universe. I don't, I don't yeah. doubt in the Star Wars universe, even though I didn't necessarily like that plot point, it didn't throw me off. Sure. But I, I also think, you know, your point there as far as the Star Wars universe being so malleable, I think that is partially the problem that a lot of fanboys have is that if you look at the original trilogy versus the prequels versus uh, the TV shows and the books versus <laughs> the new trilogy that we've got coming out, right? Uh, they none of them seem to treat the Force the same way. And so it's almost like we don't know what to expect from the right. Force because in this version, the Force is pretty vague and it's a feeling you get and maybe you can move yeah. a lightsaber. If you try really, really hard, maybe it'll it's slip your way. never worked for me personally, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. well, and, then, and, and then we get Rey who, you know, without even trying, no training, can do all these things, you know. Right. And so there's... And and then you've got all the midi-chlorians explanations from the original. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. And so I think part I of the problem that we have that. is you and me both. And why it, why it can turn some people off is it's like decide what the force is already. Yeah. Well, and, and we've talked with people who said the force just seems like the answer to everything. It's whatever they want. It's it a is Deus sort of, ex machina. It, it's sort of like it is a huge crush, crutch that people use within these movies. I think. And sometimes it's a crush when it's on your trachea. 
Exactly. Oh, hey, very good. But and it's sort and of it like, was hugely here. It reminds me of Scarlet Witch. I mean, you know, in the, the Avengers movie, Scarlet Witch can just do pretty much whatever the plot requires that she do. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'd have no idea what her powers actually consist of, but heck, if it needs to be done, Scarlet Witch can do it probably. Yeah. And so that seems to be sort of the case with this. Yeah. But Are it, you saying Scarlet Witch is going to show up in the next movie? It could. That'd Wouldn't be awesome. that be great? I mean, based... I mean, I would love that. And you, a Star Wars Avengers both... crossover? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I think... Could it, okay. Disney, are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> we know Disney can do it. And no joke, like, some of the... Here's, here's another I mean, thing if, that... If, if uh, Alien and Blade Runner can be in the same universe, yeah. why not Star Wars and the Avengers, right? Yeah, no doubt. No or doubt. Alien and Predator. That, too. Anyway. I've, so I've got a question for you because, Jake, you and I have not talked about this. Yeah. Maybe Adam I and I have talked about it ad nauseum. <laughs> but what – I think I got a sense of what you didn't like in this movie. What did you like? Um, well, I mean the – one. it's probably in a, in a contender for one of my favorite shots in recent history in terms of I think such a, a really cool moment visually is when um, Haldo – General Haldo at that point. That's her name, right? Purple hair lady. Admiral. Played by yes. Ad- Admiral, Vice Admiral Haldo. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all change titles throughout the movie. I know, right? it's crazy. But but when she decides to turn their cruiser around and go light speed through Snoke's ship. That was awesome. And what Rian Johnson or Ryan Johnson, <laughs> however you want to I say his name. I think it's just Ryan. Uh, I'm not positive. That that was incredible. The way the way he captured that, the sound. Yeah. The and way the lack he of pulled sound. back and the lack of sound. Ooh, snap. Um, that was worked. really awesome. That worked. That was a moment where you're just like, whoa. That's a moment you want in Star Wars. Right. And that, ten whoa. seconds later you're like, seems like they could have done this earlier. Well, and the other, <laughs> yeah. Like there are eight other movies where nobody had this yeah. idea. The, the nice thing about that moment right. was, too, is that it didn't feel familiar to the rest of the no, the rest was, of the series. It was I mean, unexpected. And that's yeah. one of the things that I really appreciated about this movie is that so many of the new movies have just sort of regurgitated what we've seen before. This felt, in a lot of places, sort of fresh and new. I'm going to argue with you. So uh, what I would say to that... That I, did. That moment did. That was, I, that that was fresh and new. We haven't, sure did. we haven't seen that before. But I think, I think, I think that's the interesting thing. I think it, the tone of the movie mm-hmm. felt... There were mo- there are several moments. That moment being one of them. Some of the humor that I thought went in a weirdly like spoof direction, like Luke tossing the lightsaber. Luke over his tossing shoulder the lightsaber. An iron that at first you think is a spaceship, but then it's an iron for Kylo Ren's clothes. Uh, even Poe's stall tactic, yeah, like felt more Spaceballs or felt more Thor Ragnarok yeah. than it did Star Wars. So the tone felt different. I didn't. I didn't necessarily even hate that, even though I don't think it felt Star Wars. Yeah. But the story beats. This is exactly what I said was going to happen when I saw the trailer, and I think I even talked about it on this show uh, when when in our most least important thing, it was Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi totally. mashed together. It is totally like you've got the the young powerful Jedi going to the reclusive old Jedi who's reluctant to train, and then they train, and then the young Jedi thinks that they can go and turn a really powerful yeah. Sith and against. 
you know, kind of maybe and there's the guys in the old really master. weird red outfits. Although they fight this time, that was cool. That was awesome. That I was a good. That. that was another good. See, fight. that was actually my favorite scene. Was the whole scene yeah. with, the, with the guys in the red outfits because you know in previous movies they just sort of stood around and mm-hmm. did nothing and looked really cool. This time they were really cool. We could yeah. see why they were guarding. You know. Right. The most albeit ineffectively. Yeah. All the, which albeit brings us to Snoke. Which, oh, all right. Poor Snoke. And this I mean, was Snoke. another this wasted be, villain. He and Darth Maul totally are wasted. partying in hell yeah. somewhere, right? This might be the area where, Sorry, where Adam and I disagree the most, actually. Don't you think? I don't know. There's a lot of stuff. There's, there is a lot of stuff. But I think when it comes down to the Snoke thing, I really liked that moment because, frankly, Snoke didn't work that well for me as a villain. No, he wasn't great. And I he wasn't that, as good as Darth Maul, that's for sure. I thought that um, how he was dispatched so cleanly and sort of... I, I even liked the anti-climax of it, quite frankly. I thought that it was, it had it was a, really effective. A hint of that Raiders of the Lost Ark... Yeah, you know, pulling out the gun and dropping the dude with the sword. Absolutely, only right. not nearly as good. <laughs> dad, that was actually the moment my dad in Raiders of the Lost Ark realized that he needed to figure out this media discernment thing because he was at the theater watching Raiders, and people started laughing when that happened, and he was like, "This is sick." There's children laughing next to me. Anyways, my dad's my dad's actually more liberal here's, than I am in many ways. But. Here's my my problem with Snoke is. Where does it leave us in terms of a villain for nine? And I think, unfortunately, we know... Kylo Ren, right? I know, but we already know... See, I feel like they've done the reveal on Kylo's inherent goodness to a a greater extent already. There was nothing good about Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back. Right. You know, it just... It wasn't there. Dude was big, black, evil, and, you know, had heavy breathing all the time, Right. right? Right. But we know... Kylo Ren has to be redeemed. And Why do we know that though? I I don't necessarily oh. buy. I think that it's they're still not going to leave him evil. It's not going to happen. You know, because I, then you, you end up with well the, right. then you end up with the most postmodern postmodern messing with the franchise that you can possibly imagine. Now I totally disagree with you because how would that be messing with the franchise? It it doesn't hit the same beats as the original, but it still takes. Okay, a, I think it would be a huge risk. To not redeem Kylo Ren in the next one, I think, I think you end up with something that is a very different animal than the original trilogy. Or if the whole story arc of the first six films is Anakin's rise, fall, and redemption, right? To end Which is on a beautiful story. To end on Kylo Ren going bad and not coming back, especially when Disney has so slavishly copied everything thus far. Yeah. I would bet you a thousand dollars. Yeah, that that will not happen. You heard it here, folks. I will. I will. Even though I'm not a betting man. <laughs> no, I will. I I will agree that I think that there's a really strong possibility that it happens that way. But I totally disagree that that is where the story inherently has to end up in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, he gets, I just don't. He think gets. So. He gets worse. He may get way worse. No, shockingly worse. And then there's redemption. That's Here's, where the next one's going. So I feel like it has let all of the air. Out of the core conflict of, of episode nine, I feel like I feel totally like disagree. Snoke's death already has wrecked episode nine. Totally disagree, and I and I think that what you when you look at the when you look at these new movies, I think what you see if there is an overarching theme to these movies, 
It's that the decisions that you make in life matter. And what we see in Kylo Ren's arc thus far is that he's making really poor decisions. Now, I don't think that because he makes really poor decisions, I don't believe that that necessarily leads him to a place of redemption. I think that he can make, and and really Luke Skywalker in the end of this, he kind of hinted at that. You know, I didn't fail you. You failed you. Um, was kind of the mm-hmm. the thing that he was saying. And, and I think that when... This is almost sort of a morality play, and it could be a tragic morality play where this guy had all the advantages. He made some terrible decisions. The conflict under his heart doesn't necessarily matter if he keeps making bad decisions. Right. Now, at the end, I still I think, think... you've seen too much Breaking Bad, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do think... I mean, I do think that he could be he could be redeemed at the end, but I don't... I really Well, especially disagree. after we learn that he and Ray are brother and sister, which is the next <laughs> thing that will happen in the next movie. I, again, you know, that that's another <laughs> so thing that I don't think necessarily has to happen. You think he was just messing with Ray right, when totally. he said that her parents were filthy junk traders? totally think. Here's, here's the funny thing. Not if, true. If, okay, so if Ray, if Kylo Ren was telling the truth, is that going to disappoint you? Well, it's just, it's a ways down on my disappointment list. But yeah, sure. Yeah. I think that we, so, because I think that there has to be at least one more unexpected relational twist. It but may that's not, not unexpected then. It it's, isn't, it isn't. So yeah, so I, my point of view on, on Ray, just to, just to finish this off, if he turns out to be Kylo's sister, that'll be a, be a huge disappointment to me. I like the fact that she comes from... You know, lineage, and we've talked about this before. I like the fact that she doesn't come from this aristocratic lineage that we've sort of grown to know. I mean, during the whole Star Wars universe, you have this sense of royalty where the only people who matter come from this one family, which is crazy. I think that I think it's nice when you have people who come from outside that family who have some super talents who can make a difference in the universe. That's very democratic to me. It is nice, but it's not satisfying in the context of this story. Well, it is to me. And correct me if I'm wrong, we don't really know anything <laughs> Man, about we have it. to work together all day today. <laughs> it's going to be a long, silent day, brother. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in Phantom Menace, we don't know who Anakin's father is, right? Well, there's the implication that it was... Just an immaculate right? conception. Those yeah. midichlorians right. were... Yeah, the midichlorians came down. down. Right. <laughs> and sort of poof, there he was. So maybe they're going the poof. same route with there Ray. It is. Maybe maybe Ray didn't have a mother or a father. Hell! And it sort of brings... What? That, maybe she was made in a lab. We're talking Star Wars has this tech. She's well, a clone Jedi. We, here's, we have the technology. Boom! We rebuild her. Here's an interesting thing that you say that because it really brings a lot more resonance to her weird vision thing underneath the planet. Right. right. Where she's looking at Show this me series. my parents. And Show me my parents. Repeat and she after sees repeat herself. After repeat after yeah, repeat of herself. sort of interesting. That was interesting. It was if they it do was something stupid. with it, it was stupid. if it's not just a total red herring, like I hate red herrings for red herring's right. sake. They need to like if it's be a red, purposeful. Yeah, if it's a red herring that or she even a blue herring. was a Jedi clone created in a lab, and there's some secret place in the universe where there's more Jedi cooking up baby Jedi's and then baby rays, them, baby rays, an army of rays, and dropping them that in the middle cool, of deserts man. to to forge them <laughs> in the hot cauldron of childhood misery. Yeah. Like, that's, that's super weird, but I dig it. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I'm realizing as we're talking about this, in, in something you said, like, it seems like 
two hours ago. <laughs> it was uh, it was one of those things where where about halfway through the movie you realized that you hadn't had any any chills. I had not had an emotional reaction to anything. Right. It's it's sort of interesting because for me, I actually felt the same way throughout the first half of the movie. It didn't it didn't really sell me until we got into the last half, the last two-thirds, or the last third of the movie. And some of those visual elements, you know, the the, the whole white planet with the red earth underneath and all Where that Where no stuff. battle really happened. Which, again, was Massive a nice... Massive letdown. That was a nice diversion. All those cool walkers, and they're not doing them. Well, <laughs> it was that's, a nice well, diversion. That's We've already yeah. seen that. We've already seen that in Empire. So we We've didn't We've already seen see all of it, bro. That's the whole no, point. No, we didn't see the climax with Luke Skywalker. You know, we had the cantina blown out to planet-level proportion uh, on this see, one. We Talking about a, a total we waste. Even, the we whole even had casino, a cantina. That, the whole casino thing. Another, like, oh, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with the plot here. Let me go out and have some coffee. Hey, let's go to Casino Planet and get the wrong guy and total fail. The, the, that entire plot point was an epic fail it, for me. It was because it didn't move anything along. We and just the jumped only... like so far off of the point that I was trying. Sorry, to you and now back to the point. <laughs> Paul, you finish the point. I can come back to that. All right, that's well, what I excited. Yeah, we. <laughs> no, it was sort of interesting because I thought that I thought the ending really worked with Luke. I did not miss the battle at all. I thought that the battle between Kylo and Luke really worked. No, the, but, that, that worked. I just wanted. But I wanted an epic spaceship battle because that's Star Wars. Here's one of the things, though. I wonder whether part of it was that you had slipped farther than I had in your watching of it, and so some of you these say that like it's a bad thing. No, <laughs> you know it, it is just a thing. It's it it's really one thing. of those things where where like I was saying in the review, these movies don't work on on plot. They don't right. work on technicalities. None of these movies are going to really hold. Like, if you hold them up to a Hear microscope. Me, baby, hold together. <laughs> yeah. There's, they're all going to fall apart in some ways because they're they're essentially illogical. So they work on visuals and they work on heart. Yes. And heart is a completely subjective thing. It is. The visuals at the end sparked something in me that I really appreciated. I really It really resonated with me. And maybe by that point, when some of those... When some of the cool scenes at the end, you just slipped too far to for it to really. Yeah, work. no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get there. Um, I think on the things that worked for me, I really, and this is where I will diverge from some of the the people who've been critical. I liked Luke's character development. Like I thought, by far the most interesting thing about this movie was Luke's crisis of faith. Of, I'm not sure any of this is. Real or not real, but he lost faith in sort of the overarching sense of purpose of right what it means what to be a Jedi and and I think as somebody who has struggled at times in my own faith, mm. that was really right. resonant to me and me too. It wasn't self-evident to me why he had to just evaporate at the end. Mm. Like, okay, yeah. I get it. He worked hard. It was. It was stressful to do this, you know, telekinetic, holographic lightsaber battle. Okay. But I'm like, really? Luke's going to just die? Yeah. That was not... It wasn't heroic. It wasn't... It was shocking, but not in a good way. Like, like even Han Solo's... The shockingness of Han Solo's death worked for me. Even though it broke my heart. Right. Here, I'm like... Oh, I guess Luke's done. No, and it felt a little bit anticlimactic in some ways. I think my saddest moment was, 
at one point I was having this sort of internal dialogue afterwards about how disappointed I was. One part of my brain talking to the other part of my brain. <laughs> I know they have medication one for voice, that. One voice, yeah, um, to another. And I thought, oh, well, it's just a movie. And then I thought, how did it come to this? You know, that it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't want Star Wars, the the entirety of it, to be just a movie. Yeah. Because it has such a hollowed place in my yeah. childhood. And yet the reality is, and, you know, I think Ryan Johnson and George Lucas and even Mark Hamill, like, have you seen the YouTube thing on Mark Hamill, all the negative things he says about this movie? There's a YouTube no. clip called Mark Hamill Hates the Last Jedi. Oh, really? And it's this montage of all of the critical things he has said about the movie. I'm like, yeah, I think they've got a point here. But he said, you know, it's just a movie. Get over it. But I don't want to get over it. Right. You know, it sort of feels like the entire mythos is in a sense, crumbling. Yeah. It's the same feeling I had in the prequels, and I hated that too. Yeah. In a sense, in a sense, the Star Wars fanboys are really running up against the same thing Luke is running into. Yeah. In this movie, disillusionment yeah. with the Ooh, Force, with that's this a nice turn, Jake. with this Jedi thing, where it was like it was this huge thing. It was yeah. big. It was powerful. It ruled the world. It could do no wrong. We loved it. It took us to a new place. And and then um, it was George Lucas's hubris that started the downfall. Yeah. Just the way it was the Jedi's hubris that started the downfall of their order. Those were nice sentences, Jake. <laughs> hubris. And and so here we are with a crumbling Jedi Order and a crumbling franchise where we're still looking to Star Wars to be the next Star Wars. We want it to be. And I don't think we're going to ever get that because we have all these expectations. We have all this mythos and legend. But I think for me, Rogue One got close. Rogue One... But it did by being a very, very different movie. No, it did. I mean, it was... It was It it was filling in a gap. Star Wars, right. Yeah. Oh, it felt very Star it, Wars. It, it, yeah, we're not I talking mean, about Rogue One. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean emotionally, um, but like, emotionally, it worked from start to finish in a way that my emotions never even switched on in this movie. Yeah, because and that it shocked did, me. Yeah, yeah. and no. Rogue One didn't have did, the thing that worked to it is even though it fit into the universe of Star Wars and it filled in a story gap very well, it didn't feel behold. It was not trying to to make itself feel or tie strongly into the characters of the other movies. Well, it, it was, was allowed a to movie. be. It was a smaller movie. It was movie, a smaller movie. And so you were allowed to. to exactly. It was like the Thor Ragnarok of the Star Wars. Whereas here, they're like, no, we got to get a lot of, we got to get a lot of screen time for Luke. And we got to, we got to get this shout out and that shout right. out. And, and Porgs. And again, it's, it's, it's part of that vanity. Yeah. It's had to do too much time navel gazing. Yeah. That it yeah. couldn't actually be yeah. a tight movie. And, and I think yeah, that's and at 156. Six minutes. It's right. not a tight movie. I think movie. that's where the hate comes from. Yeah, but I don't know that a that if a Star Wars movie, the next Star Wars movie, can ever be the next Star Wars. Yeah. No, and, and I, think I, I think that that's what, that's what we're hoping for. Right. And see, I think that that's actually one of the beauties of this particular chapter is that it takes us it takes us into a place where the Star Wars universe can grow and expand in ways that we have not seen it. We have seen a lot of retreads as far as the Star Wars universe goes. This sort of opens the door to allow some different stories to be told. And I th- I really appreciate that. And, and to riff off what you just said, which I think is a really, it's actually kind of brilliant. It's the first brilliant thing you've ever said. <laughs> it, I think that... But that, don't develop hubris because we know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that you're really 
you're really on to something. And I think that, that both Adam and I, during this, we both started off, we've had a podcast on this. We both started off as massive fanboys. The first movie yeah. was a life-changing experience for both of us. It was magic. We felt we felt the force. And yeah, I think I stu- still get misty eyed watching Luke yeah. watch the two setting suns. It's my favorite scene yeah. in any movie that I have ever seen. For me, the disillusionment for these movies hit far earlier, I think, in some ways. And and it, it never really rekindled. I appreciated the new Star Wars movies. I thought that they were fine. But I didn't feel the same magic that I did when I was a little child watching The Force Awakens. I didn't feel I didn't feel that when I was watching Rogue One. I was sort of looking away seeing seeing these are these are just movies. I've yeah. I reached that point a long time ago. And so when I see this movie and I feel and I again a lot of your criticisms are super valid. I well, thank you I for don't disagree that. with a lot of what you say. But the fact that I felt that spark in places, yeah, it, I did feel, I felt a little like Luke making a nice little turn at the end saying, okay, so this is not perfect, but there's still something special in here. And yeah. that's where I landed. The hope, for, the hope for this trilogy, as I see it, is that we had The Force Awakens, which was, you know, emotionally and story-wise, you know, a lot of similarities to New Hope or Star Wars. For you longtime <laughs> fanboys, hashtag eye roll right there. <laughs> but and then we, and then we've got the Last Jedi, which felt in many ways to be a mashup of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Yeah. As much as we could dog, as much as we already have dogged on that, the hope, and I think this speaks to what Paul is saying, is that the next film in this trilogy could go somewhere completely different. Yeah. And because they've gotten through this, they've hit this story beat, they've they've developed Luke's character, they've gotten him out of the way. We don't know what they're going to do with Leia, but they've gotten Han Solo out of the way. And now front it and center... It allows a new story. Front and center is a new story. Yeah. We've gotten through the old stuff. We've dealt with most of the old characters. We have a few that we can hold on to. But now is the time for Finn, for Rey, for Kylo, for Poe, yeah. you know, for... Whoever Benicio del Toro's stuttering yeah. thief was, yeah, and I think um, that, yeah, and I think that part of the another problem wait what moment I liked him, I wanted more of him. Yeah, it's interesting because that's another polarizing figure. But in some ways, and I don't hear you saying this at all, Adam, but I do think that in some ways, some of the criticism of this movie is that they that there are there are fans who loved the original story so much that they just want that retold in a slightly different yeah, way. Yeah, and I don't know that I want it retold no, in a and slightly I don't, different I don't way. Think I, I think I think my criticisms are the plot decisions. Like I think for me the hope is I really like the characters. Whereas I think at the end of Attack of the Clones it was just sort of like I don't really like any of these characters. I they're not their chemistry doesn't work. They're acting was terrible like and so those are criticisms criticisms of the prequels that i don't have right of this i like ray i ray like and i like poe i like poe poe's a little over the top for me but um, i like kylo ren as a character. oh kylo ren's probably the best character yeah. in the whole thing and so i hope oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah kylo yeah, yeah. ren is no. the worst he's a he's he's an emo teenager he's he's no, a it, spoof of himself Adam is totally right. Adam uh, is totally right. Kylo say it Ren again. is really say compelling. It again. 
No, I think that there's complexity in Kylo Ren. And I totally hear what you're saying, yeah. that he is an emo teen in some ways. I think there's You know, if he showed up in a My, in a My Chemical Romance t-shirt, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Could but... you put a cloak on or something? <laughs> As he's there with his belly button high yes, that was leather pants. <laughs> oh, my word. But I like the characters, and so I'm curious my, to see hand. where they go. You know, one of the criticisms I read is like, all right, we've now reduced the resistance to a small enough number of people. 25 to, people. To board the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do to create dramatic tension there? And, and I think it's a legit question. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, Abrams may bring it back around in ways that are less risky will that be satisfying will that make me happy and you sad and we'll do the same thing in two years where we'll just switch roles which <laughs> I know it, we very well might well, we, we very we get, well might you know, we I don't think you're going to get your sad Kylo Ren ending well we'll, we'll hope <laughs> we, get a, we get Han Solo <laughs> no more then, indie right? movies no, that, for you <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind if Kylo Ren was, was redeemed by the way but I would be sad if Ray turned out to be just you know CPO Three O's. No, if Ray went bad and Kylo Ren went good, that would be really interesting. But they're not going to do that either. What if they uh, join forces and rule the galaxy together? Well, there there would be a whole other trilogy in there, I think. And that the little boy with the broom is the new Anakin, and then we just rebirth the whole thing. We do, and then we do it, but we do it in the right order this time. <laughs> we have a little right. slave boy, you know, who's got the Force. And a fat, like, you know, uncle, not uncle, slave owner. I don't know why I said uncle. <laughs> Freudian, perhaps. Freudian. Like, I think, Did I your think uncle that's make you the, sweep a lot? <laughs> Do you have things you need to work out, Jake? I think that's where we're Sorry going. Sorry about guys. your uncle. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna join up, and that little boy that we saw is going to be the new Anakin. Yeah, that didn't we're just work for rebirth. Me, by the way. <laughs> we're just going to rebirth the whole thing, guys. So that's, that's where we're headed. All right. But, uh, but what did you guys think of Star Wars The Last Jedi? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Why are we... Who's out to lunch here? Well, like, Paul we're, is. We're clearly. all we're all over the map here. We've got the me. the four, the six, and the eight. And you know, there were a lot of things I did appreciate about this movie, even if there's a lot of things that I can make fun of about this movie. And it helps that I'm not a Star Wars fanboy. I still think that um, the closest thing that we've had to a next Star Wars was Lord of the Rings, and it was actually the better movie trilogy, anyways. Um, I so, agree with that. Uh, I think we got to stop looking to Star Wars as our last hope of escapes into the universe and look elsewhere. But that's a question to be decided another time. <laughs> now it's time for the most least important thing. Welcome inside the most least important thing, the way we love to wrap up every show. It's where we take the minutiae of pop culture and we tell you why it should be a big deal or we take the things that are outsized and we shrink them down just like Rick Moranis shrunk his kids. <laughs> have you even seen that movie? I have seen that movie. Oh my and I've seen, I've seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I've seen Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. I've seen Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Doesn't one of them have a Bigfoot? Uh, a Bigfoot, yeah, in the sense that in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, no, he's like as movie. tall yeah. as... See, this is, this is a whole other Eiffel podcast, Adam's, Adam's <laughs> obsession with Bigfoot. So. That's true. 
I think you're thinking of Harry and the Hendersons. Cryptozoology, I uh, think, I is know. the word. I know. Don't you, we, don't you wish that we could all be cryptozoologists? I think that'd be awesome. Well, I mean, I think the fact that the U.S. government is... Maybe this is my least important thing. Let's all right. Just go all right. Let's in. just go straight This in. isn't what I was going to say. <laughs> so did you guys hear this? About... The, the CIA... Some, it was a government has agency done, has been studying... Was. UFOs was this, they allegedly they stopped, stopped in 2012, in 2012 right. um, but the fact that like <laughs> the X-Files is real the I mean that's the real, upshot people. right and that doesn't the I mean, truth is out there man out. <laughs> with Bigfoot <laughs> and this freaks a lot of people out you know it doesn't really bother me Yeah, we live I, in a big yeah. universe there's lots of things that we don't understand even as a Christian like you know what God is way past my understanding. So if you want to create alien beings and who fly around in really fast cigar shaped craft, yeah, like who? Okay, yeah, cool. I might have to rethink some things, but yeah, in, yeah. in, in, in general, require, I'm not threatened by it. Yeah. It would require some tweaking, but tweaking, right? Tweaking, yeah, like tweaking, like tweaking of our of our traditions, but yeah. You know. yeah. I, I hey, I don't have any problem with my brothers from another mother. So if the aliens are listening right now. I am your friend. What do you think of Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, a documentary. Like, that's not guys. true. No, 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 they're like probably that. like, that's totally legit. You can fly through space like Mary Poppins. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. It's essentially like Galaxy Quest. nothing but a thing, bro. <laughs> it's real life Galaxy Quest, guys. Like, they've been watching our shows. Josh rolling with lots of purple makeup. <laughs> and they've, they've been watching our shows and our movies, and they've designed all their stuff. To look like Star Trek and Star Wars and Guardians of that the Galaxy. That would be awesome. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't hate that, guys. That'd be awesome. As long as there was a universal translator and we could talk about it. <laughs> no, the alien the thing podcast. is super interesting, and it's always it's always got just enough interesting stuff to keep you like, oh, maybe there's something plausible here, and just enough crazy well, to be like, this is stupid. I think the crazy thing was seeing. I need to run to the restroom real quick. I'm not Sorry. done yet. I know. Hold on. <laughs> I'll be back. I'm leaving this in the show. Well. <laughs> I think the the crazy thing was that these articles were in the New York Times and the Washington Post. Yeah, that that was. I'm gonna give myself another marker there. Um, I right, come back to that point. That was. I think that was the interesting thing with this one is that you know usually you see those on more fringe stuff like right like maybe the sun or the, the sun mirror, the guardian I mean, the mirror. like sometimes one of the games I play with Drudge Report is I will look through the headlines and I'll make a guess on whether this came from a British tabloid yeah. and I'm pretty good at it I'm like oh that's totally a British tabloid you know asteroid flies close to earth yeah, that's the sun you know yeah but that was the crazy thing <sighs> excuse me Holy cow, it's late. We gotta keep moving. Uh, we're all right. We we wrap this segment up pretty short. Pretty, we well, we're doing it a podcast short. too, right? Yeah, but that's actual work, so you could do that at work hours. No, I'm I've just got real. You work don't have any uh, what a vodcast in the real work. Well, it's not need to re- no need to readjust your mind. Well, I need to get movie reviews published. This is more important. And I'm on a hard deadline because. Great book cover. That's pretty great. He's a walking crazy guy. It's pretty funny. He was talking about how the arrow, you know, the, the now classic, you know, arrow headband. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, was actually something he picked up at like a cheap magic store uh, that he worked at, like at Disneyland um, as a kid. And the first time he stuck it on, he was just doing 
he was just opening at this crappy coffee club and uh, the owner was like after the show after he had stuck it on and, and just been goofy to try to get a cheap laugh yeah. he was like lose it <laughs> and now it's like his mo- one of his most it's iconic images totally his, uh, his deal you know you can do a, a master class from Steve Martin yeah have you heard this no 90 bucks for lifetime access to a master class on comedy with Steve Martin like wow. 25 it's pretty interesting personalized well not personalized but like intimate you know he's sitting down just talking right, right, to right. the camera like lessons video lessons about comedy writing like the process of comedy writing writing an act writing you know it's mostly stand up but also bridges and other things 90 yeah. bucks lifetime access does that seem like a good deal to you? It does seem like a good deal to me. Seems like a good deal to him, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, it's a he- I mean, suckers. To me, as a marketer, I'm like, this is free- like the masterclass thing in general seems pretty genius. See, there, everybody's doing it though. I mean, yeah, but all of my guitar heroes from the '80s. Yeah. This is on tape too. Yeah. They like George Lynch from Dokken has his guitar dojo where you can sign up for. I mean, right. like guys were back oh, in the day. If you just said you can. You know, virtually hang out with these guys. Right. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The masterclass brand, like their specific brand, like that they get. You know, Steven Spielberg, and that they get Steph Curry and Steve Martin and James. So that's Dill. an actual brand. It's an actual company huh. that, like, essentially bring. You know, they just go out and get the best of all these different industries and create these masterclass, and then sell them to you for ninety bucks a Man. person. Like, and that seems. You know, for like again, mentally to you, you're like ninety bucks, and I get these like one-on-one lessons, like twenty-five one-on-one lessons with Steve Martin. But like, is it really one-on-one? Well, it feels one-on-one. I mean, right? you're not having a like a, no, a, no, live, stream a live stream conversation with conversation, Steve Martin, right? Right. Like, but but for ninety bucks, you know, to get that kind of access, feel like the feeling of right. it feels really cool. Well, and the same kind of thing. I mean, where some of these bands are making enormous amounts of money is in the VIP packages. Yeah. You know, if you got the dough, drop three G's to meet Bon Jovi after the show for a handshake. Right. It's freaking, it's genius. Yeah. You know? Uh, And 90 bucks feels more accessible to the common man. No, that's right. And so there's all of us commoners that are like, well, I maybe couldn't drop three thousand to meet Bon Jovi, right? But ninety bucks to get this with Steve Martin, well, yeah, that, that I could get for Christmas or my birthday. Or well, and it's in the same category as the exotic car rental place and yeah. in Golden, where right. you can go drive a Lamborghini for fifteen minutes for right. half an hour, you know, or for ninety bucks. I saw Paul was navigating his midlife crisis that way, pulling Twitter to see if he should go sit in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon or just drive a Lamborghini for fifteen minutes. No, that was that one was easy. <laughs> Millennium Falcon, all the way. All the way. Right. Um, Where were we? All right, post-bathroom break. Adam, <laughs> what were you saying about the crazy UFOs? I don't remember. And that showing up in me. the New York Times. And oh, yeah, UFOs. I mean, I think the difference this time around was it wasn't in some British tabloid that exists to... You know, it wasn't in the Weekly World News, which I don't even know if that exists anymore. If that's it a probably thing. does. Oh, it should. I um, but it was in mainstream media, like as a a real story. Right. Like in each of the stories I read, I kept waiting to 
get to the punchline where somebody says, clearly this is just a big joke and we're yeah. having one on, putting one over on you. April Fool's um, in December. And so I don't really want there to be UFOs existing. I just think it's interesting that there was this secretive branch of the government. Like, it seriously is straight out of a movie, right? It totally It's pretty is. X-Files. No, it totally is. It's totally X-Files. And it, it did remind me, as a matter of fact, of an X-Files episode. You know, Fox Mulder comes in. He talks with the senator. They talk and, you know, they have this classical music playing. It's It was just out of that. I, I, I could picture well, Reed the... <laughs> being the guy no, saying exactly. to Fox Mulder, the Harry Reid connection was contact. interesting too. Yeah. Like that, there was yeah. a recognizable politician, you know, in what Nevada, where a lot of freaky stuff happens out in the desert, one way or another. Yeah, you know, <laughs> That's like exactly it, it right. felt like yeah, for real. Yeah, I guess it's for real. It's in the New York Times. It has to be real, right? Right. <laughs> Fake news. Oh, Depends on who you ask. <laughs> Oh Thank you for goodness. slam. I bumped it. <laughs> yeah. Paul said it, and you slammed it home. <laughs> anyway, anyway, another, another Paul, subject. Paul, what's your most least important All thing? All right, since we're talking about the Last Jedi, I thought I'd talk about one of my favorite documentaries this year, The Last Jedi. Actually, it's you already. No. Oh yeah. <laughs> you already told I me can, about this. I can already, go ahead. Yeah, you are, I can yeah. talk all I want about this. The last Jedi. Jedi. It is a great little documentary about cats, stray cats in Istanbul, and it's and it's very sounds charming. like a band. It, it sort of does. Stray cats and um, Brian Setzer would probably have something to say about that. Yeah, yeah. You don't even know who Brian Setzer is, nope. do you? Exactly. The, uh, <laughs> Look it up. The the actual show sounds a little bit boring, but it's delightful. It is really fun. No, it sounds great. Yeah, I no, mean, you if, you like these, if you like cats, if you like, you don't like cats. Paul doesn't I don't, like cats. I don't even though. like cats. But this movie changed my thoughts on what cats can be. Oh, they, maybe there'll be a documentary on how bad the Last Jedi was that'll change your mind on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Depends on if you're directing it. Actually. Right, right, right. Probably. No, I think. How uh, does it change your mind? Because these are stray cats. Which these are stray most cats. Most people and, wouldn't think as being the the best for selling cats. Yeah, to no, it, it's it's really it was a really charming documentary, and it still doesn't make me want to buy a cat. But but what it does is it actually you cold-hearted it, jerk. It uses these cats as sort of a reflection of how we treat those who are um, who are sort of marginalized by society, you know, and it and it suggests that the how. Other. How we care for cats reflects on maybe how we should care for people, too. Mm. Wow. Interesting. That's so emotional. I'm going to cry right now. I love cats. I had a cat. Growing Did you really? Up. Yeah. I had See? a cat. <laughs> <laughs> One time I had a cat. I had a cat. It died. <laughs> he died. He died literally they always do. right in front of me. I saw oh, my oh. goodness. Hey. He was old, and he went... And he like when nine hundred like, years old, you reached look as good Yoda. He did not look as good as Yoda when Yoda died. <laughs> Poor thing. Okay, so I've got a quick cat story. Since we're talking Star Wars, I've got a Star Wars cat story. Star Wars cat. First time I saw Star Wars, we came home. You know, my mom was driving us. I was seven years old. We came home. This cat literally fell out of a tree as we were walking in the house. On me, we kept it for five years. And you named it Jake because the cat from outer space. Right? Oh, I should have, but no, I didn't. Because you had just seen Star Wars, a cat fell from the heavens. Yeah, this why was did a I huge not do miss that? on your part. Probably wasn't an Abyssinian, though, was it? No, it was not. It was too bad. She's a we named stupid it house cat. It was a, it was a lame name. You didn't even name it Tigger. Tigger. Tiger. It had it's stripes. Like Tigger only I was with seven. One fewer guh. <laughs> not a double guh. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I like we actually just got a dog. We got a, a six year old German Did you Shepherd. Name him Cat. And <laughs> I wanted to name him Cat. No. Uh, his name is Princeton and I've been trying to convince my family that we should rename him Hobbs because I really want a dog named Hobbs. I think that would just be the most amazing thing ever. So far, I'm the only one consistently doing it, but hopefully, well, if they don't the rest go for that, family. maybe they, maybe Garfield would be a second <laughs> choice. Yeah, I'm not as big a fan of Garfield as I am Hobbs, but you know who knows. So when we when we get new dogs, I'm going to name them Calvin and Luther. All right, interesting. Go for the Reformation, Calvin and Luther. Okay, I was so, thinking, I was thinking co- comics and comics. So. Well, Hobbs reminded me of it, but yeah. it's going to be I'm it's going to be think totally of a good Reformation name. Is, but my processor's not spooling like Athanasius, but I don't think just go John and Martin. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All, All right, right. Are you, are you my totally... most least important thing. Uh, my wife and I have been watching The Crown. On oh, yeah. Netflix. Uh-huh. Um, the second season recently released within the last several weeks, and. Uh, I have never been fascinated by the royal family. It's not a thing for me. But apparently, as I'm watching The Crown, I've kind of t- I've seen it in my peripheral. I've seen the culture get crazy about royal stuff. I remember even my mom being like uh, slightly emotional when Princess Di died back in the day. And my mom's not this type of person who tends to get involved in this stuff. And I remember all the stuff over Prince William and Princess Kate, and they're like. People will write articles. Leia. People will write articles about the fact that their kid wore shorts in their family Christmas photo. Like we get nuts about it. So, anyways, it's been very interesting to watch The Crown and get a fictionalized take on some of this fascination and seeing that it even goes back farther than I even realized. Oh, kings yeah. and queens for a long time. Well, no, 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 no. But even just, just even but the fascination, even just the American but, yeah. fascination. Yeah. Like we got free, and they were like, "But it's still kind of cool. We're going to watch your king and queen stuff from over here." Um, <laughs> It's and, really interesting. And it's kicking off again now that Prince Harry and his fiance Meghan Markle, who's a Hollywood actress, have gotten engaged. And now it's trending. The number one trend on my Facebook right now is Prince Harry, Meghan Markle, release their engagement photos. Oh, and I'm like, kind of like, oh release goodness. the Kraken! Yeah, it's Only like since, totally different. All right. Only totally different. <laughs> no offense to any of you who have done engagement photos. I'm sure they're lovely. But since when have any of us outside of like maybe your mother – cared about your engagement photos uh not a one and a so hater, but what it's the royal family and we're all like oh my gosh it's a prince he's got fun like why do we care yeah. what is this fascination I you know it's it's really a fascinating thing isn't it because i i dig the crown and i i like that history to it but i don't get this this obsession i'll take a stab okay take a stab it. i think that it's actually not that far removed from the movies that we long for something transcendent. We long to participate in a story that's bigger than ours. And I think, you know, for those of us who are Christians, our job is to help people understand how that's really the big story, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that our lives are mundane and boring and full of stuff that is not the stuff of Hollywood, unless it's a small, quiet indie movie, maybe. Uh, Really quiet in our cases. Um... And so we just, I think we want to feel like we're a part of something that is bigger than ourselves and that it's like ready-made, pre-packaged transcendence, yeah. ready to go. Well, and I think that there is just sort of this longing to be in that world, to travel in that yeah. world. I mean, that's the appeal of the crown in a lot of ways. I mean, you see Buckingham Palace and all its glory and the, this wonderful clothes and all this sort of stuff. And it takes Wonder, us to It world. seems more, to me at least, 
seems comical and like awful to me. Yeah, and I mean it was interesting. We recently published our updated review at plugged in of our mm-hmm. TV review of The Crown, and I was looking for pictures to use, and in every one, I mean, the Queen just looks dour. She does not look like a very happy person, you know, and and just yeah. my sense Which is with, part of the point without of the crown, having really. seen the show is right. just. Wearing the crown is is a heavy burden, yeah, and you're yeah. really unhappy most right. of the, the time. Right, the crown is really kind of throwing in its own dramatic way, yeah, pulling the curtain back on that and showing the dysfunction, showing the problems, showing how it's really not a fairy tale, and the fairy tale elements are very, you know, it's yeah. it's a very cynical take that the fairy tale elements are. Is it cynical or is it realistic? Fabricated. I I I would say it's probably yeah. on the cynical of side of realistic. Yeah, I think it is. I think it doesn't it feel totally cynical. It's it's realistic. It's soapy. Yeah, in its uh, own it is soapy. Way. And, and, but I think that it also it's a really effective show in that I think it gives you a lot of respect in some ways for the queen. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though she doesn't always. It make is the right, pretty loving of her in, in terms of the, just the things that she tries to do to hold you know both the country and her place in it together. I think it's. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, like they don't quite deify her in the show, no. but you could—they are quite affectionate of her. Yeah, they are fans of Elizabeth II. So there you go. But that's a conversation for another time. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on this last it was Jedi great. deep dive. You can't, can't wait find, to fight uh, off the you know off the microphone with you some more. On this, so. <laughs> You can't, story. you can't find Adam <laughs> on social media, but you can find Paul and I. I'm at Jake Roberson, on, at Jake underscore Roberson on Twitter. I'm at AC Paul. You can hit up our Facebook group. It's called Pop Culture with Fan People and Know-It-Alls. And until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Paul. And I'm Adam. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Bye.